On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered 2019's Google search ranking factors to help with your SEO. We reported on all the hubbubs surrounding branded search results of the paid variety. We talked about how Google Search Console is making it easier than ever to verify domain properties. And Shep talked about why her Facebook profile would just never work with the new <laughs> Facebook dating app. And Greg started a new bureau that will end all bureaus. And we bid adieu to Jess to do bigger and better things. Temporarily. Temporarily bid adieu. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Christine Zernheld, a.k.a. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on September 6th. 2019, remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. First up this week, we've got some housekeeping. Housekeeping. As you may have heard, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we need to make that our, our jingle now. We have both Shep and Jess here today, mm. as this is the farewell tour, temporarily, temporarily. of Jess. So sad. It's, it's very I'm actually really sad. I'm going to miss you guys. This is my season finale, I've been calling it. The season finale. Yeah. As Jess is on to far more important things, temporarily, mm -hmm. like bringing a human into the world. Oh, man. <laughs> so while uh, we just crack wise here on Marketing O'Clock, we're doing some important work here. Yeah, my baby-making class went well, and now it's almost time. Yeah, time to take that baby out of beta Ooh. and into production. <laughs> I like that. From a bud to a bloom. Aww. So You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so we may see Jess back here throughout the year at some point, pending parenting and all that. <laughs> but until then, we are in a great place here with the fantastic Shep, who is here along with us today. Absolutely. But... I will be back, or I'll be back. Was that good, too? Yeah. I thought Arnold. <laughs> Arnold just got potted right into my headphones here. Watch out. I'm real good at voices. Okay. Okay. Now that I'm not crying anymore from Shep's little joke there, first up in our news, Google Search Console makes it easier to verify domain properties. So you may remember that domain properties are a new way in Search Console to verify your site. It combines all the versions of your domain, so you're not required to verify separately, like the dub, 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 non dub, 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 any M dots you may have, that sort of thing. Separately, you can now verify them all at once. This was released, I think, back in February, right? It was a while ago, earlier this year. And the feedback that Google got about it was that it was great to have once it was done, but it wasn't necessarily easy for webmasters to make that switch. Right. Now you can do it with your DNS account, yep. essentially. It's nice that they took some feedback and said, hey, we're going to make things easier for folks because they're complaining about it. So now when you pop into Search Console, if you need to verify your site ownership, you can, like Greg said, do it with your DNS. And it's a partially automated, but a, quote, a lot easier process for webmasters all around. So that's great. So there are two things that have happened since last year. Mm -hmm. There's the ability to have properties. We could have the dub, dub, dub and the non dub, dub, dub in one and now you can auto-authorize that, essentially, right? Is that what you're saying, Jess? Yeah, pretty much. They've shortened the process. It's partially automated, but it is a step-by-step -step guide. It's a lot easier than yes. it was. And so the example I saw was that you could start the verification by giving Google DNS access. Mm -hmm. And the example was, we, Google, need to access your DNS account on bulkregister.com. You authorize it, and you bring in the whole property, not dub, 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 and then non dub, dub, dub. It's a beautiful thing. It's much easier. Yeah, we appreciate that. Something else that I appreciate is the new Google Ranking Factors 2019 article over on SparkToro from Rand Fishkin. It is opinions from 1,500 plus professional SEOs. And Jess, this has been done many times by Rand over at Moz, and it's now mm. on SparkToro. And there's 26 top Google ranking factors, according to <laughs> SEO professionals. This is not like the Bible of ranking factors. These are what 
hopefully some smart people think matters. Does that make sense? It does. And it's a nice perspective too, because you're seeing it from people that have seen things work in the real world. Yes. And the number one factor is the relevance of the overall page content. This is the first time since Rand has been doing this study. And again, Maz did this in 20, uh, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2011, 2013, 2015. I guess it just didn't happen in 2017. <laughs> but this is the first time that content has beaten out links and keywords. Love it. Which is a welcomed site. It is. I know. It's not so much, hey, I need to get these backlinks, any of these keywords. No. It's what kind of content do you have on the site? Another thing, it's genius that this ranking factors study, mm. or not study, survey, mm. Different. Be, I'm yeah. sure I'm, I'm correct here. Important distinction. Is on SparkToro, not Moz. So you didn't, didn't re-up that in 2017? Like, take ownership yeah. of that. Right. <laughs> That's a, this is a great tool. Like, yeah, you're take Moz. it over. How did that somehow make it over? How did Rand take that away over to SparkToro? At least somebody's still doing it. I appreciate yeah. that. Also, Happy 2019. Rand's book is a side note. I'm not a huge like Rand stan here, but his book is good. It's good. Lost and Found? No. Yeah, Lost and Founder. No. Yeah, I think that, that sounds that right to me. Know. Is I it listen to it? Is it published by Random House? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going out with a bang. Yes. <laughs> Expect a lot from me today. Okay. Also in this survey, there is the greatest disagreement within these SEOs. And the disagreement that was the top factor was it's the keyword in the domain name. Mm. So people were pretty split on that according to the survey. And then the biggest impact on future SEO, the biggest ranking factor was Google entering verticals or competing directly versus publications. That's not really a ranking factor, right? It's an external factor. Well, I mean, if mm. let's say you're doing hotels and all of a sudden <laughs> hotels show up first yeah, and it's all paid, you might... Not rank as high because ads are. I don't know. I, yeah, fair, but I still I vote that as an external factor. It's a okay. factor, but nothing you can really do. Right. But either way, there's 26 factors here. Go check it out. It's on SparkToro.com, and it is a fantastic read. Even if this is not complete facts, typically there's a lot of correlation with what smart people think <laughs> and what actually. And the other funny thing, sorry, I'm going to keep going here. Keep going. There's the ability for people to score themselves within the top 10%. It's like, what percentage SEO are you? What? And so you could see like what the top self-classified elite voted. Self-classified elite? Yeah. I feel like that's not, that's contradictory. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I think you're looking for oxymoron. Yeah. I don't know how to that no, no, no. That's a word though. It's Shep, I don't know. You know content. Like a bias. Right? Yeah, I also think, like, I don't really want people to think they're the top 10%. I want the people to think they're maybe, like, top 20%. We're the top 10% right. of podcasts. Well, of course we are, but <laughs> no one's asking. Wow. wow. <laughs> no, you're right, though. I feel like anyone that's actually good doesn't think that they're good enough. They know they have room exactly. to grow and improve. So I'm with you. Always room for growth. Always room for growth. Last here in our main news is a tweet from Jason Freed, CEO and founder of Basecamp. And that's at Jason Freed, F-R-I-E-D, on Twitter. And I'm going to attempt a dramatic reading because you guys did this once without me. And Shep did a really good job, so I'm going to have her help me here. But I'm going to I'm gonna start. On the Amalia E. Fowler read. Yeah. I remember that. And it was really good. And she got a shout out and everything because Shep's work was just genius. So I'm not... I'm nowhere near as good as at the dramatic as she is, but I'm going to try. Here's the tweet in its entirety. <clears throat> Remember, you're going out on this note. There's a lot of pressure. I know, but I already did a really good Arnold Schwarzenegger, so That's I feel great. like, yeah, the tweet says, when Google puts four paid ads ahead of the first organic result for your own brand name, you're forced to pay up if you want to be found. It's a shakedown. It's ransom. But at least we can have fun with it. Search for Basecamp and you may see this attached ad. May I read the ad? You may. Okay. Basecamp.com. Pipe. We don't want to run this ad. Period. 
Those are the headlines. The rest of the ad goes on to say, we're the number one result, but this site lets companies advertise against us using our brand. So here we are, a small independent co, period, forced to pay ransom to a giant tech company. So I'm going to let that sink in for everyone. Go back and And re-listen if you need to. And this ad actually ran. It did. Yes. Only for one day that I saw, but I didn't see it in the wild. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to find it in the wild and I couldn't find it anywhere. No, but you did, Greg? I did. You did? Only the day he tweeted it, I checked it out. It was there. Okay. It's kind of of fun, kind of quirky. So our listeners are probably asking themselves, you know, why is this not the take of the week? This is a pretty hot take. Well, it's because there's more than just one take on this subject and we will dive into it. The whole internet blew up over this and I encourage you all to read through the replies here because it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, it became a big thing. A big thing. A a huge thing. So it's worth noting too that Google Ads responded to this and I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was provoked isn't the right word, but it was unsolicited because I don't think anyone had tagged Google Ads in any tweets until after. Can I say something nice about Google Ads here? Please. Someone should. This tweet that they tweeted out was the most helpful tweet they've ever tweeted in 2019. Wow, I don't know. That if should that's be the take of the nice. week. Yeah, really. <laughs> that's a hot that's take. Not nice. I mean, it's it's fine, but that's not the biggest compliment in the world because oh. Shep, who has a flair for the dramatic, is going to read the tweet that Google Ads uh, replied to our dear friend okay. Jason. And I also disclaimer don't know what Google Ads voice would sound like. <laughs> I I know. Oh, you do. <laughs> Far too much, unfortunately. So just let me know what you think of my performance. Okay. <clears throat> At Jason Freed. To provide users with the most relevant ads, we don't restrict trademark terms as keywords. We do restrict trademarked terms in ad text if the trademark owner files a complaint here. And they send a link where you can file a complaint. Yeah. End scene. Yeah, that was that was helpful. It was. I mean, it was helpful, but there's <laughs> people need a lot more help than that. Greg, have you seen the other tweets that Google Ads has made? I have. They've okay. sent some to me that aren't helpful. I know that you've interacted with them quite a bit. Plenty, unfortunately. We don't need to get into that. But I, to go further into this, because there's a lot here, and we are just scraping the surface. According to Frank Hendrick, you can't bid on certain terms like and it YouTube. And started by, by somebody saying you couldn't bid on Google, and then Correct. Frank responded with yes. He responded with, nor YouTube, Gmail, Play Store, Google Drive, Google Maps, Hangouts, Google Keep, Google Docs, Google Calendar, Google Analytics, Google Search Console, Waze. And then he also added, allowed, Google Ads and Google AdWords, only tools. And he also said, any physical Google product. Yes. Like a Google Home, something that you're selling. Which makes sense. only by resellers. Yes. Again, according to Frank. According to Frank. So if this is true, basically Google's letting everybody bid on each other's terms except their own. (laughs) Am I interpreting this correctly, guys? (laughs) That seems to be where Frank's going with this, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's what Frank says, and, you know, that's that's what Frank says. So there's a lot here, I think. Jason's point makes sense. Yeah. It is not an ideal experience for a user looking for a product when the product is five spots below the top of the page, right? If you're in fifth position, that's not a good user experience. Right. And fifth position, as you're saying it, he's the first organic result. There's just four ads above it. So you're still way down below the fold, I think, in most cases, especially on mobile. Correct. And we've seen this bubbling up. Mm -hmm. The CMO, again, two weeks ago over from AREFs slash AHREFs had talked about this, (laughs) that they would never... I believe Tim had said he was never going to buy paid terms. I don't stoop that low. And I get it. But at the same point, there's a lot of people trying to take your traffic. Mm-hmm. And there's really not a lot you can do about it, apparently, unless you're Google and you can ban that. Well, they are in charge of their own tool, <laughs> And unfortunately. Kirk Williams, who's been a guest on the show, at PPC Kirk on Twitter, made a great point that 1-800-CONTACTS ran into a problem that the FTC filed against 1-800-CONTACTS because they grouped together and said, hey, let's all not bid on terms. Right. Each other's terms, right? right. And I forget if it was anti-competitive or if it was an unfair marketplace. But the FTC, and we'll put it in the show notes so you can read the actual FTC Mm -hmm. article there. Now, what Google has done much worse than they used to is actually allow these ads to surface. You used to have to have an impeccable ad 
mm-hmm. to get competitive yes. volume coming through. Yes. You used to have your ad quality score and ad rank essentially would be truncated. It would be completely killed, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're going after a term that's not yours. And that they've turned on that. It used to be mm-hmm. that Bing was the place to go competitively. It seems to me they found this profit pocket of bidding on other people's terms mm-hmm. now where they didn't do that before. And you don't even have to have, to your point about quality, you don't have to have and you can't have if people have complained that trademark term within the ad. Although I did see somebody an ad, um, I forgot who it was for, so I'm not even going to guess, but it wasn't for Basecamp, and their ad copy literally said, better than B-camp. I saw one that was B-camp. Space camp, where it's not trademarked together. That's, I mean, they're doing what they got to do. It looks, you know, not great for these folks that are putting it out there, but they're trying. For some of the folks. Some of the folks. Someone did this really well. Can I talk about it? We'll talk about it. Okay. This was a little (laughs) foreshadowing there. And it also led to a bunch of articles that seemed inaccurate. So CNBC put out an article, and again, Kirk Williams at PPC Kirk on Twitter pointed this out, that Google's paid search ads are a shakedown, Basecamp CEO says. That's not what he said. He said that Google <laughs> no. letting people bid on a branded term that is your term is a shakedown. He didn't say Google ads are a shakedown. Correct. Yeah, to be fair. Very similar in my mind to what Facebook did initially with Reach for organic post-Reach. Where you first started and pages had a lot of power Mm -hmm. and you saw folks like Mark Cuban showing how much it would take to reach the entire Mavs follower base and it was thousands and thousands of dollars. And he's like, this is not okay. We're not using this anymore. What are are the Mavs? um, They're hockey team. They can't be because I know hockey teams. What what (laughs) sport do you think the Mavs are? Baseball. No. Oh. Uh, volleyball. Dirk Nowitzki. Yes. What? Number 41. That's not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a sport. yeah, the Dirks. They play Dirk ball. No, Dirk they're ball. basketball. Oh, oh, I'm going to learn this season because I'm going to get Mavs. back yeah, into it. Yeah. You're number one basketball fan. I'm going to have all kinds of time to watch basketball with a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to this week's take of the week. This is a saucy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. And this week's take comes from Brooke Osmunden. And what, at brookosmunden.com, at Brooke with an E, not at the beginning. It's B-R-O-O-K-E-O-S-M-U-N-D-S-O-N Perfect. on Twitter. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. The tweet says, and I'm going to do my dramatic reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should you should, I should do get it. Arnold Schwarzenegger voice or Please. just normal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, I'm sure that's what Brooke sounds like for sure. <laughs> I'm going to find way too many people that do that. <laughs> This is not ransom or shakedown. This is digital advertising, and it has been around for many years. By preventing others to bid on your brand, that's creating a monopoly. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) If a competitor's ad copy was attacking your brand, that's another thing. Hashtag PPC chat. So I think everyone probably figured that this is in response to the Basecamp tweet, but oh, just correct. in case, we Sorry. didn't specify. We, yeah. had for, we had foreshadowed that, we but did. that is in yes. response to Jason's tweet. Yes. So I know we're not supposed to comment on hot takes, but we did last week, and I, I still want to talk about that ad that I saw that I thought did a really, really good, classy, nice job. Targeting base Targeting Basecamp's branded terms. Okay. May I? You may. Okay. So, and I'm not taking sides here, but this was just really nicely done. First off, it seems like you're taking sides. I'm I'm taking possibly sides. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking side. So Asana put out this ad and again, I just searched for Basecamp. That's all I searched for. And I got one ad and it was an Asana ad and it just said, make the switch to Asana, do better work on day one, spend less time onboarding your team and hit more of your key goals faster. Try Asana. They have site link extensions with things like why teams choose Asana, pricing and plans, all sorts of really relevant stuff. The only time that they even used the Basecamp term was in their display URL. And so I was like, oh, that seems odd. Yeah, because it says asana.com yeah. forward slash compare forward slash Basecamp. Yeah. And I saw this too, and I'm like, this looks weird. It looks sketchy. But I clicked it. I clicked the ad, guys. Hey, and- Asana. <laughs> Talk to Jess. I cost them a couple dollars. But come to find out, it was actually a really nicely done landing page that specifically compared Asana to Basecamp. So if you're going to do it, do it right. And I think Asana did it well here. I think as far as going after competitors, for lack of a better term, they did a really good job. Somebody was looking for Basecamp. They're trying to sway people in, in their way. And I think that they did a nice job here. They at least gave relevant information 
to the query. It's not, they're not getting Basecamp, but you know that if you click on an ad that's not for Basecamp. So I think as far as this goes, this was a nice example. I don't think they were attacking anyone. I think they're just trying to do business. All right. And now it's time for this week's lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. (laughs) Changing it up. Paid. Non-paid. And social. I'll cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid. Greg covers the organic. A.k.a. (laughs) non-paid. And Shep's going to be all over those social stories. So here's what happened in the paid universe this week. It is our first and only story here coming from CNET. And the title is, Ad Industry Offers a Solution to Online Privacy Problems. First off, (laughs) (laughs) no. First off, no. Can we end it there? Yeah. Ad industry offers a solution to online privacy problems? No. No. Well, that's if you read the whole article, which folks should if you're interested in this. That is one of the the big gripes that the author had was, you know, hey, the ad industry, no one really trusts them. How are we going to get people to trust us if this is the solution that they're coming up with? But anyway, read it for yourselves. Just so everyone understands what it is, IAB Tech Lab, which is a partner to the Interactive Advertising Bureau, has proposed a new, what they're calling digital token, and it's, quote, designed to offer a better balance between advertisers' needs and your own, you being the user. It's basically something that they're proposing would be one universal token unique to each individual user out there on the internet, and it would replace cookies, which are on a site-by-site basis. Get out of here. (laughs) So there's a lot here. No. Get rid of this thing. (laughs) I don't want it. I don't want to share this with the IAB. The best thing the IAB has going, in my opinion, is the term bureau. I I do like that. That sounds official. You sound authoritative. Yeah. The bureau. So the bureau came up with this token for privacy. I want to keep my own cookies. I'd feel zero comfort sharing a token with the IAB. I just don't, I'm not interested. Yeah. No thanks. Well, that's the other thing too, is that if someone, I don't even know if this is possible because I don't know how technology works, but if someone were to hack into these tokens, they'd have a lot of your information if Answer. you're using it everywhere. It's just ones and zeros, Jess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Developers are out there with a keyboard that has two numbers on it and that's how they create everything. It doesn't seem very practical, at least with the details that they have released, which are minimal at this point. But it's an interesting read if you're big into, you know, cookie tracking and other possible solutions because everyone's having issues these days with privacy. Don't listen to Joss. What we need is more (laughs) just groups or conglomerations using the term bureau. That's what I got. That's what we need. Okay. Bureau. So we should be with the three of us, or we're a. Greg should form the bureau for international bureaus. Whoa. That's it. My brain just exploded. I got to run, guys. Take it from here. (laughs) No, don't run because you have to talk about non-paid because that's all I got this week. All right. First up is an article from George Wynn over at Search Engine Land. He talks about this actually launched basically when we're recording the podcast last week. (laughs) But the Bing Webmaster Tools allow site verification via Google Search Console. So you can now verify your Bing Webmaster Tools by hooking up your Google Search Console. Again, Everything that Bing does that is <laughs> lauded by the community as they would make it easy for what you already had to, all those hard steps you had to do with Google. So I like it. Yep. I'm trying into to it. get into big webmaster tools, use Google Search Console, I guess. <laughs> and hey, use what you learned before and just take those properties and verify them via your DNS. So easy these days. There you go. All right, next up. Apparently, there was a search ranking algorithm update on the 29th of August. So, again, check your (laughs) analytics, I guess, here. Mm -hmm. And this is according to Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable. Whenever I see this stuff, it's just good to annotate and look and see. And hopefully, if there was an impact on you, you noticed it because you weren't one of the... Bad marketers. Something that you won't need to annotate is... YouTube and their follower counts. Hmm. Apparently, this is a big deal for some folks, but (laughs) according to Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal, YouTube is truncating subscriber numbers. So if you have 4,227 subscribers, it will not show as that detailed number. It will instead show 4.2K. This is a problem for people? I mean, I guess if you're super vain and you want to show that you've got upwards closer to 52 million than 51 it's just going to show us 51 
until it gets to 52. I mean, at least they're still showing numbers. If you're super vain, you got bigger problems than this these days. The big thing is if you're trying to sell advertising or trying to show something and you're like, hey, I've got 1 million subscribers. In reality, it's 1.9 million subscribers. Apparently, according to this, 51 million 309, I don't know. It's going to lower it down. So instead of saying 52, it's going to be 51. They're only rounding down? I thought after like the halfway point, you're supposed to round up. According to the article, it's rounding down. <laughs> so that's the, because the <laughs> well, big Well, that's rude then. I agree. Okay. People will just be working for the K now. They'll want to have enough subscribers so they Ooh. have the K. But working for the K. That's yeah. a hashtag and a t-shirt. I guess I'm the old, the old curmudgeon here. I just like more information. Sure. I is just don't know that I would anybody? whine about this. I, well, I, no. I mean, to your point, it's already there. Why change it? We're just truncating it, and then we're taking a 1,489,000 as 1 million instead of 2 million. Why do people care? Why not just show the number? It's yeah. kind of a cool thing. It's actual data. <laughs> no way. Are they doing this? Anyway. A little more foreshadowing here. We're going to see less information about what's going on <laughs> when we get over to shop. The next article is from Think with Google, and there are three unexpected ways shoppers turn to video in the store aisle. This surprised me. Google did a study, and one of the things that was the most surprising to me was the fact that they called it video gives people confidence. 55% of shoppers say they use (laughs) online video while actually shopping in store. What? Who's watching a video at the aisle, and you're like... Oh, is this Captain Crunch Crunchable? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Those are the people that are in your way when you're trying to get yeah. your shopping done. No, you would use it if you're looking at a recipe video. To see if you want to buy, like, this basil plant book. versus that basil uh, plant? Yeah, like, you need a recipe <laughs> Because <laughs> I have to buy a new basil plant every time I buy sauce because they die. She literally said that to me earlier. <laughs> that is a sentence that came out of her mouth in real life. <laughs> I can't keep the basil alive. Shep is sitting at the, apparently the... The doomed desk over there, <laughs> yeah. where uh, she's currently today at Audio Engineer Hope's desk, who just kills succulents. Who How do you know you could kill a succulent? It's hard. Right. Killing basil, killing <laughs> succulent. You guys just water them. I water it, and the water comes out of the bottom. Like, why do they make the pots with holes in it? Right. So that your plant doesn't drown, right? I read that you don't have to water them that much, so I'm confused. Basil or succulents? Somebody let me know. Succulents. <laughs> I look no. it up online. There's a ton of different Call answers her. out there. Wait, wait, wait. There's conflicting information on the internet? Yes. What? Greg is telling me to water it, and I'm reading things that tell me not to water it. All right, Hope. You went the non-watering approach. How did that work out for you? No, I didn't. I watered it. I said, I said it wasn't getting enough sunlight. Hope, I touched the dirt on that plant. And it was like cardboard. It was you also- may have watered it in 2018, <laughs> but I'm talking about 2019. I did. I just watered it last week. No, it was also placed right next to this, what I we think is a gas sun, leak. I didn't water it too much. I watered it like once a week and it still died. So somebody help me out. Okay. Well, e- either way, apparently more than half the shoppers <laughs> say that online videos help them decide which specific plant or product to buy. I'm going to recommend, Hope, that you don't even check video out. You just get a little miracle Grow plant food, and you water it once a day. Once a day for a succulent? Yes, once a day. That seems excessive. That's a lot. Plant food. Plant it's food. It's a little succulent. It's, it's now a, a little, little dead, dead succulent. succulent. <laughs> I'll put a picture of it in the show notes, and we'll document its progression. If you're a fan of... of like a botanist like myself, you'll cry when you see what she did to this thing. So check it out, marketingclock.com. The Bureau again, for Botanists. Tr- trigger warning right now for you botanists out there. Hashtag working for the K. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it here with YouTube, I guess. And YouTube put out a post called The Four R's of Responsibility. Part one, removing harmful content. Jess, did you read these R's? <laughs> no. Here's a disclaimer. I didn't read the article. I just read the R's. The article. Oh. <laughs> All right, matey. The first R was remove content that violates our pil- policy as quickly as possible. Reasonable. Totally. Don't even put Two, it up in the first second place. second R, raise up authoritative voices when people are looking for breaking news and information. 
Reasonable. That's my R. <laughs> That's a good R. R. Yeah. Third R. Reward trusted eligible creators and artists. Great. Yeah, give them a sticker. Fourth R. Reduce the spread of content that brushes right up against our policy line. <laughs> Are you kidding what me? What the heck, heck is this? What the heck is this? The brushes up against the line? Right up. The, that is so I thought the line was there not to cross the line. Yeah. I didn't think you couldn't brush a line. No, you're either you're crossed it or you haven't. In soccer, the ball has to go completely over the line. You have to mm-hmm. see green. You could have 90% of the ball on the other side of out of bounds, and you're still not crossing the line. But this is saying you brush the line, and we're going to reduce you? That's insane. No, because you know what? Then if you're brushing the line from the other side, maybe you shouldn't be completely removed. I'm, I'm worried about the fact that you would reduce the spread of content that brushes up against the policy line. A line is made to be crushed up. Am I right? They just picked a letter and went with it. This is absurd. Yeah. Sixth R. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's what this is. Seventh R. Right. You are <laughs> there right. There we go. All right. On to the eighth R. Apparently it's Reddit, according to Matt Southern. Hey. Because John Mueller on Google confirmed that the best way to reach out to Google is on Reddit. Who'd thunk? A comment was from John Mueller, and they said, anyone know the best way to reach out? And so Matt Southern said that John Mueller confirmed the best way to reach out to Google is on Reddit. Looks like we're all wasting our time here on Twitter when Reddit is the right place to be. Might as well delete this app from my phone now. <laughs> so <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, and there you go. Just keep on, keep on rolling with the R's. And that wraps it up for our non-paid. And while that dipped the toe into social there on Reddit, we're going all in now with Shep. Yep. So first up in social news this week, it's official. Facebook dating is here. Woohoo. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I know. The first thing I thought when I read this headline was, I'm so glad I'm married. <laughs> Helping you start meaningful relationships through things you have in common, like interests, events, and groups. And they have a part of this that's called the secret crush list, which I just thought was yucky like they say you have to be 18 years or older but that's weird the whole thing is why would you say crush out of all the privacy concerns i can't believe that people will yeah i mean it does make sense that you've got all these interests and weird things you've liked and you're like oh you love this meme oh you like this meme let's meme it up together i don't know that kind of makes sense yeah and i also just thought if you were using this and you've been on facebook for as long as i have you would really have to like clean house on what you like because I like some weird things. Okay. I don't want to be with someone who likes Murder, She Wrote as much as I do. I don't think there's anybody that likes Murder, She Wrote as much as you do, so I think you're safe there. What else are these weird things you like, Shep? Keep going. Just like I'm in, a, I'm in some groups. I know you don't like them. I don't think they're good for advertising, but I'm in groups. Okay. Um, so I'm in like some murder mystery groups. Of like course. true crime. Of course. Um, I'm in some Taylor Swift fan groups. Of course. Like home decor. I somehow ended up in one about the Duggar family. Yes, there it is. All right. Shep is going to be matched up <laughs> with the Duggar family. That wouldn't be bad. It's got a good name to it. Yeah. Good ring. Shep Duggar. Okay. I like so that. other news from Facebook this week. Well, first up, you saw how this is going to look. Question. Will you be using this app? I'm married. So why won't you be using this app? Because I'm married. Oh, okay. Hope, (laughs) you've seen how Facebook dating will look. Will you be using this app? No. And why not? Because I'm in a long-term relationship. (laughs) Sounds like people hate this. Sounds like people really hate this word on the street. (laughs) I've never used an online dating site in my life. so I think they're trying to make it a little more like for people serious about settling down. Like I noticed you can only add nine people to your secret crush list. You You can't just go out crushing on everyone. Only nine people. Yeah. I kind of like that. That's still kind of a lot of people to crush on too thin. Do you know, they just made a show about serious dating bachelor in paradise. That is my wife watches it and it's about love. Have you ever watched 90 day fiance? No, that's a serious show. You should, you should watch it. You'd love it. Okay. So have you ever seen 19 kids in (laughs) County? Is it the Duggar one? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I watched the one with that bro with the long hair, this balding, but he's just sticking with that long hair. <laughs> Who is that? That's the he's fellow a, with a bunch of wives. Oh, oh, oh sister a lot wives. Of people, a lot of people. Yes. 
Yeah. You should okay. watch this. Okay, otherwise. so we've got more news from Facebook coming up. Thank God. This week, they also said that they might be removing light counts from newsfeed posts. Perfect. So this was seen in the wild, and when they were asked about it, they basically didn't confirm why they were doing it. They just said that they were testing it. But it would appear that it's similar to Instagram where they're trying to curtail the Internet's obsession with likes, which we hope is always a good thing. They're opening themselves up for the like network that I pitched like what three weeks ago. It was one of my in our after show. I pitched the completely vain network and they're taking all this vanity out of everything. I don't know. I don't like it. I guess they're moving it to the secret crush list. I can't say that anymore. I don't have anything. I got to censor my likes. Okay, you censor them, Greg. Okay. Because we can't, we can't show what people really like or don't like anymore. So, I just no opinion. And you can't show how many subscribers you have on YouTube anymore. No. Nope. Exactly. That'd be offensive. No. Can't do it. Like, what, what are we getting from this? I don't know. I, to a point, I, I get it. No, to a point, I don't get it. Because if there's a good article and a ton of people like it, that is helpful. I want to know that this is a good article. I don't. Yeah. I read an article that was a great article today about a f- Patriots wide receiver. If you, if I saw more people liked it, I'd be like, this is good. There's signal to noise here. This is helpful. So your news feed includes things from your friends, though, as well. I f- they're thinking but of it more that in point, that way than news. If I'm reading somebody, people have like word posts all the time. I don't want to read that, but if there's a ton of likes to something, I'd be like, right. oh, maybe this is worthwhile. Like there's um, some kind of signal there. I don't really use the like metric. I just make my own decisions. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and if they make it permanent. So you don't look at likes at all? Not at all, but not when I'm looking at a news story or something that's trending on Facebook. It just has so many likes to the point where, like, numbers don't matter. How is Facebook going to know what's more important, though? Isn't isn't there – I guess my point is, isn't there something beneficial in there? Yes. When we're talking about news articles, I understand what you're saying more than – my mom's post okay. about but first let's day say, of school. Let's say you just did, you had a big life event. Let's say you're Jess and you had a child and you've get, gotten a lot of likes on a certain post. Should that be surface? Should that be something that can cause it to rise above other things? I don't think it's bad if it's not. And it, it, we're not saying that it won't rise above other things. We're just saying we won't see the number of likes. Facebook didn't say they're not going to use that data. Correct. Touche. You got me, you got me there. <laughs> Again, I guess as long as you trust the process, everything's good. Yeah, so they're just trying to make the platform more of a positive place, okay. but we have some not-so-positive news from Facebook. Wait, from Facebook? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, once okay. again. <laughs> so our final piece of news this week is that hundreds of millions of phone numbers linked to Facebook accounts have been found online. The exposed server contained more than 419 million records, most of which were from the United States, but also from the U.K. and Vietnam. Each record contained the phone number associated with the account, and some also exposed the new user's name, gender, and location by country. So more data problems for Facebook. I looked at this, too, and it's it's scary. Unsavory. When you, when, and when you actually look at it, and it's blurred out, and you see everybody's actual data there, it's creepy. Yeah. I read this, and then I got like a 1-800 phone call, and I thought maybe I was affected, but... I forgot to pay my gas bill last month. Hi, this is Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Pay your bills. So that's all we got for social this week. Thanks, Shep. I appreciate what you guys were saying about privacy and data, but have either of you, I know this is like an old school thing, but have you guys ever looked at a phone book with people's, you know, real names and locations and phone numbers and home addresses being there? (laughs) (laughs) Like you could just, just do that same thing. I haven't used one since I was tall enough to sit at the dinner table. Wow. I don't know if wow. Gen Z millennial audio engineer Hope has, though. Hope, do you know, do you know the what a phone book pages? is, Hope? <laughs> yes. I know what a phone book is. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard. Or Hardly Working. Where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Jess and Shep. What's been happening with your accounts lately? Um, I have a positive thing because I feel like I've just been sharing negative stuff the last like 10 times that I've had anything to say I'd about I'd up this. that number to like 20. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a positive thing. You're going to snap the negative streak. Let's hear it. Yeah, some positive. Going out on a high note. Um, I'm a big fan of Microsoft Ads Editor. 
because the artist formerly known as Bing ads editor. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's a great tool just in general, but it has something that Google ads editor does not have ready for the bombshell. You guys probably already know this negative keyword lists. You can see the lists and you can see the keywords in it. And everybody probably knows this, but again, you can go in there, you can make bulk edits just like you would with anything else. But I've been using it as a trick, which I just shared with someone in the office this week, so I thought I would share with everyone in case our listeners didn't know. But assuming that you're using the same lists in your Google Ads, which doesn't have an easy way really to search for terms unless you know which list it's in, you can then use that information from Microsoft Ads that you found an editor very quickly and know exactly which list to look in in your Google Ads huh. to get rid of something if you have like a conflict, say, that you need to get rid of. So a little trick, a little positive That's a nice trick. trick. <laughs> you're welcome. I have something not so nice. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> what you're you just got? carrying Jess's torch here, Jeff. Perfect. What do you got? Um, so surprise, surprise, my complaint is about Facebook ads. And we have a brand with a new hype video that just came out. So I wanted to just add it to all of our dynamic creative campaigns, which should make sense. And I was in one campaign. Some of the ad sets set up exactly the same would let me add this video to the dynamic creative ad and others just wouldn't and I had to have it either with a video or with images I couldn't mix it but then on a couple it let me and it made it didn't make sense makes no sense Hmm. so call me Facebook yeah we want that fixed ASAP all right and in my accounts this week it's my own personal Twitter account it's just something I didn't know existed and I can't believe I'm this dumb that I didn't know (laughs) I was following a specific brand account and they kept retweeting all this stuff from their own little hashtag fest they had. Like, let's say you're following a conference. Somebody's retweeting all the stuff from a conference. I didn't know you could turn off retweets from a specific account. So I was going to go oh. unfollow the account and just be like, I can't do it or unmute it. But then you have to remember to unmute something again. So I just turned off retweets from this account that kept retweeting everything from this this little group, and it fixed everything. So you can s- awesome. turn off retweets from an account on Twitter. A specific account. You don't yep. just say block all retweets. Correct. That's great. Yeah. Worked for me, so I didn't have to unfollow somebody. So who knows? that. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from the New York Post, but it really comes from Jeff Bezos. The title of the article is Amazon tests Whole Foods payment system that uses hands as ID. Apparently, employees at Amazon's New York offices are serving as guinea pigs for biometric hand technology to purchase (laughs) items. You may be thinking, that's weird. That's why it's in the (laughs) WTH. But instead of fingerprint scanners like what you see on phones, this doesn't require you to physically touch anything. And the thought is, instead of touching something, we're using a face to make a mugshotish like mm-hmm. experience. You can use your hand. And the question you're probably asking yourself is, would this work? Yeah. Apparently, it's accurate to within one ten thousandth of one percent. But Amazon engineers are scrambling to improve it to a millionth of a percent ahead of its launch, according to a source. It, that fingerprint thing on the iPhone doesn't even work if your hands are like recently dried from that, washing them. So how is this without even touching going to work? I don't know because I'm not super into hands. Apparently, <laughs> but I not take you for a hand guy. Aren't some hands similar? And then don't you have to have a really clear picture of the hand or is a hand that unique? Well, are they going after like your lines, like the things that palm readers use? Maybe it knows your future and it's like, Oh, this, you know what I mean? It like tells that by your fortune. Future is you're going to make a purchase here at Whole Foods. <laughs> I think hand prints are unique. So it's hand say, print, right? Not the print. They oh. say it's the shape and size of each hand. That's yeah. crazy. What if you're a so twin? The, what if you get arthritis? My thing is, what if you're, what <laughs> if you're working all weekend, like hammering away on something? Mm. I won't be. What if you're pregnant and swollen? <laughs> what if you're pregnant and swollen? You're not going to be able to buy anything. Oh, shoot. Good. That'll save me money for the baby. Well, that's I like a- anything you don't have to touch. So, so you're in a That's hands. good. So, Shep, will you be using hand technology to purchase your groceries? No. So I like that you don't have to touch this. That's great. But I just don't – I've seen Minority Report, and I don't want to use anything that, like, scans. I don't do the face ID. I don't do the fingerprint. 
Wow. First of all, it never scans it right, and I'm too lazy to sit there and try to make it work. So, Jess, will you be using hand to buy food? That would require me to go to a grocery store physically, and as a huge Instacart fan, I'm just going to give you a hard no on that. Hoity-toity <laughs> Jess over here <laughs> won't, will not do any physical shopping. How about you? I won't do this. I've decided... I'm going to take a hard stance. I'm not even going to brush up against that line. I'm going <laughs> to actually stop at that line. I'm going to try to be in the real world. Yeah. And one of the things that was from the article is people tend to spend more when they don't have to experience of touching something tangible like money. The utility of money becomes more, I can never say this word, ephemeral. 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 Sounds like a drug. Right. Well, you don't feel the pain as much. That's it's it's less tangible. I'm sure that's true, but that if that is your motivation for this, not like it's so easy just to high five our machine and get your stuff. That's evil. I don't need my avatar to go borrow my handprint to go buy me a jug of milk. I'll go get the <laughs> jug of milk, or better yet, you know what? I'll even I'd rather make the jug of milk than use a handprint. Oh, I gotta hand it to you. That's a <laughs> great idea. Great way to live. <laughs> All right, it all seems very handy, but no thanks. Hey, wow, it's pretty good. Shep, you got one? Got a hand pun? Just gonna give you guys a hand for those great puns. Ooh, should we hand it off to the next segment? <laughs> I guess so. No more hand puns here, but I do have this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week's cool tool is from Microsoft and is specific to Microsoft Excel for those of you out there using. Excellent. <laughs> you excel at your puns. I'm just going to keep trying to one-up you and I'm going to lose, I think. So, that one wasn't really very good. Here? Our the listeners. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> for once, not the bad marketers. <laughs> so anyway, if you are a spreadsheet nerd, you are going to love this. You may have heard of VLOOKUP or even HLOOKUP, Microsoft. Horizontal and vertical, yeah. Exactly. Well, Microsoft's got this new thing, XLOOKUP. Wow. Yeah. The X factor. Watch out. I <laughs> so don't know if it's horizontal or vertical. It goes both ways. It, it searches the whole X. thing. Exactly. So <laughs> it does the X thing. It searches horizontally and vertically and also addresses some other pay pain points, apparently, that folks were having with the VLOOKUP function, like only being able to look at the column to the right. I guess with the new XLOOKUP, you can look to the left. So you don't have to rearrange your data. Seems really cool. There's a lot of other things that it addresses. So this is like Christmas morning to folks that were struggling with this before. So again, very specific, I think, to Excel users. But if you are out there needing to look things up in a spreadsheet with massive data, this will be huge and helpful to you. So check out the link in our show notes for more information and the full announcement. And crazy enough, this is actually what my kids asked for this year. X look up. They didn't want cars or toys. I'm like, you know what? X look up. Save me a step here. I believe I believe that, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. And now it's time for this week's must-read marketing article of the week. An article so detailed, so in-depth, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Alexis Sanders of Merkel with an article called A Five-Step Guide to Diagnosing Technical SEO Problems and this is over on Search Engine Journal. All links are, will be in the show notes at marketingclock.com. So first off, I'm going to read the first sentence of this article. Ooh, all right. Story and time. If this isn't enough to sell you on the article, you're lost. <laughs> I'm going to keep the intro short because I'm assuming you're coming here amid technical SEO chaos, a fire, maybe even just a fire drill. That has a lot of executive attention. Mm. And, it's, and she takes a very measured and friendly in a way that identifies and resonates with somebody in the middle of a problem. I'll say. And she lists five steps out. I'm going to give you five steps. You have to look at the article. She breaks down each of these steps really in a detailed format. So the first thing she talks about is how you can end the panic to get to the next step of understanding the problem. And then it gets into the making a plan. She's got flow charts. Oh, I don't make flow the charts. plan. Then how you do the plan, right? How do you actually start doing? And there's tips on everything that could cause that actual problem, right? That, that fire that needs to be put out. 
There's oodles of tips in there, and you can see maybe it's a canonical issue. Well, she's got solutions for that. Love it. And then how you suggest a solution with a succinct response. So how do you make progress? Um, and then lastly, there's a note for people that are on conference calls <gasps> when they're facing the fire Dreaded. drill. Dreaded moment for yes. many folks. So check it out. Apparently, Alexis is also doing a tech SEO, uh, Reddit, subreddit, ask me anything. So we'll put nice. both links in there. But if you read the article and you've got more questions for Alexis, head on over to our tech SEO on Reddit and you can ask her anything, I guess. Maybe, you know, how to put, put that fire out for something she might have missed there. Thank you, Alexis. <laughs> All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous writing news shows each and every week, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we've got a, as promised, everybody's favorite game, <laughs> Family Feud, Woo! the baby edition. <gasps> Because this is Jess's last show until the baby moves into production, as we've learned. <clears throat> so first off, I'm going to have teams of Hope and Shep and a team of Jess. That's fair, because Jess should know more than us. She's basically got yeah. two people here. I've got yeah. two people. Yeah. He's just not going to speak for himself. Okay. So for the first round, you're going to ring in. I'm going to call out on somebody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I heard that. Don't cheat. We can't confer. What about their baby pre-baby lives do parents miss most? Jess. Sleep. Number one answer. Do you want to play or do you want to pass? Um I'll I'll play. Okay, number one is sleep. What is number two? You have four left. I'm trying to think of it. Sleep has eighty-five wow. people out of 144, 59%. That's probably just go with the percents. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a PC way to say this. Intimacy with their partner. <laughs> Not on here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. You two can confer oh, to oh, steal if you'd like. Yes, that's what I was going to okay. say. A social life. Social life is number two at 17%. Same thing is my ding, answer. Ding, 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 ding. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's exact opposite. I meant like physical. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next up is freedom, spontaneity, and alone time. I also oh. thought spontaneity and freedom were kind of the oh, same. Actually, alone time might have been yours. I feel like if it was the real show, my answer would have spun around the card for alone okay. time. Well, look, I'm just going off the facts. That's all right. Next You're no part Steve has no Harvey. facts. I've put a red herring in here. <gasps> I made all these up. This oh. next one, based off of my internal rankings. So good luck. This is all you. Right. This yep. is your you He is a parent. Pass. He's Hope a parent. Yeah. And Shep, as a parent, I've put a, together a list of what you need to be a parent influencer on Instagram. Oh Do you want to play or pass? There's five things. Do you mean physical objects? Personality traits? How to or? post photos on Instagram. Okay. Wait. You have to decide okay, if you want to play. Guess. Play or pass? <laughs> play or pass I think they're playing okay let's play okay um a picture of your baby and a pumpkin at Halloween incorrect but I missed that <laughs> all right <laughs> you I, have another guess hope you have a guess I'm like I'm confused by the question I'm trying to think because I what do you need to be an Instagram influencer you need a phone which is obvious Okay. I was going to say that. Is this being dumb? Yeah. No. How do you do good Instagram so, posts? Do you mean like a photographer? Different, posts, different scenarios of the posts? Yeah. You need, you okay. need to rock it as a parent. You've Instagram. already got the phone. Got I shouldn't phone. be helping you. You've got you. a kid. I think I was on the right track. You were really close. Okay, so how was that not on your list though, Greg? Because I made the list. I just did it fast. <laughs> <laughs> And Instagram influencers, some sponsorships. You need some okay, sponsorships. No, you lost. Are you right. kidding me? Nobody's what is on got the list? <laughs> what do you need to be a good parent influencer? You need a really good fuzzy blanket. 
Incorrect. Nobody got this. I'm going to go through your my list? personal What's top five. I'm just making this the about, about the baby in a stocking at Christmas? I don't have that either. Okay, here's my top Pops five. Pots and pans on the stove. One, you need baby progress stickers. And you have to put yes. every single month that you've done, you oh, have to post them yeah. religiously. That's number one. Number yeah. two, you need a placard for when your children go to school. Just, you I have to have a placard. It should be chalk. The placard should be chalk so you can erase names and erase dates. Another thing, your children need a hashtag. That's number three. So you need a hashtag for your kids so everybody else can follow your kid via hashtag on Instagram. It's not number four. It's not just about your kid. It's about you. You need a strong mix of hashtag mom life and hashtag dad life. I was going to say hashtag baby mama. So And then fifth, I was close. you need to take your child to a haberdashery. <laughs> they need to have yeah. a haberdasher chic. If you have... A boy, they should look like a 20s gangster with trousers or slacks. And if it's a, a girl, it should look like a damsel. You know, there's a store called Jack and Jane, and they make fancy things that look like what a child would wear in the 20s. And that's what you need. I can't understand. believe none of us got that last May I one. ask what your kids' hashtags are? <laughs> they don't have hashtags. Here's the problem. I'm not a parent influencer. Wait, there's a problem. You know what you need for not to call back to the show and like talk about marketing, but what you need to be a parent influencer on Instagram is like count. This list should be called... What you need to just be a mom the on most, Instagram. The most common posts from parent influencers. Listen, yes. hope, not influencers, just hope. moms on Instagram. Next up, Jess, it's on to you. It's the okay. top eight baby names for boys in 2019. Ooh, I want this. You I want to play it. this. Go, play yeah. it. All right, Liam. No, not Liam. Liam is definitely really? on there. You get one more guess. Where'd you get the list from? Yeah, did parents. you make up com. this list? No, parents.com. Liam's on there. They're nope. wrong. Next. I have a guess. Well, just wait. wait till she misses her second guess. <laughs> is there a time limit? Yes. <laughs> it's five minutes ago. <laughs> Alden. <laughs> wait, no, Owen. No. All right, chance to win. Time. You got eight chances here. Are you going to go with her? Guess Liam. <laughs> because I'm going to say Jack. Jack is number seven. No, it's number 21. Jack is number seven. I looked it up. It's 21. Oh, I see if this is on the list. Do I get one? Yes. None of us know how to play Go. this game. <laughs> Harry? No, Harry? Harry's not on the list. Really? Well, like the prince. No, yeah. no. Harry, yeah. guys, he's been around for Liam is 40 on the years. List, I have looked this no, up. Liam's not on the list. Harry Styles? <laughs> Are you kidding me? How is everybody arguing with Steve is, Harvey right now? Is Hunter one? Listen, number one, Milo. Number two, Jasper. Number three, Asher. Number four, Atticus. Number five, oh, Atticus. Silas. That's a blogger. Love kid's Atticus. Name. Number six, Theodore, number seven, Jack, number eight, is why I made this list eight, Finn. Ooh. Spelled with two N's? Yes. Good name. Great name. Okay, and for the last one, since you all liked it so much, I've made my own list again. (laughs) So this is off of Greg Finn's internal votes. I don't know if I should even give it to you guys. You're so bad at this. (laughs) All right, Shep. We are looking for the worst authors for children or the series that the authors produce. I have one. I know. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play or pass? I'm going to play. There is a book that I saw on Target entitled, I Need a New Butt. <laughs> that did not make the list. <laughs> did not make the list. Okay. You because don't know Greg very his well. His butt was cracked and he needed a new one. Everyone's That's a good butt book, is cracked. It's funny. That's funny. I liked it. I agree with Hope. Hope, yeah. you have a guess. The worst children authors? Oh, no. Don't don't even because yeah. this is mine. Hope. Um, am I am I asking it right? The worst authors or just the worst children? Authors, authors or the series that they've produced? Harry Potter. It's not a kid's book. It's like a teen's book. It's not for like a little kid. Okay, little kids. I'll give you one more guess. So you could say a winner might be Deborah Deason and the Pow Pow Fish, which is a great. Why series. would I know any kids I authors? Book. It's a good book. Talent. How do you know the authors of kids' books? I don't know any authors of kids' books. She's done. She's out of time. It's my turn. And I don't agree with this, but I know that this is what you put because this is Greg Finn's internal votes. Dr. Seuss. Barely made it, though. What? That's how bad some of the books are out there. So, Jess, you win the game. Yay. I had number one, Mo Willems with Pigeon Books or the Elephant and Piggy Books. Number one. Number two, Lucy Cousins. There's a book about Maisie. Maisie goes places with her friend Tallulah. Isn't oh, is Maisie, Maisie Mouse? Yeah, the mouse. The worst book. She's ever. been around oh, since our childhood. She had a TV show, Greg. Yeah. And it got canceled. It sucked. <laughs> Number three, Mercer Mayer. Those little critter <gasps> you books. You don't like Get those? Out of here. Number four, the Berenstein Bears. Get out of here! This is you're my 
my childhood. The Berenstein Bears, I have one Berenstein Bears book where they do a garage sale. They find all the stuff they don't want anymore. They uh-huh. put it on the curb. They start to have the sale. They realize they still kind of like these broken things, and they take it all inside. The hoarder bears. That's yeah. a horrible Wait, lesson. Wait. The bad Dr. Seuss books where he mails it in and doesn't try and just rhymes fake words together. Most so there are a few gems, but all the bad ones. I need to just go back to the Berenstein Bears because in too much TV, they're like, "How are we going to check the weather?" And Mama Bear says what you say all the time: "Put your hand out the window and see if it's raining." So you should like them more. I'll take them off the list. I have strong feelings. I'll put Toodle the train on there instead. Okay. Thomas the Tank Engine. No Toodle. It's I don't know like what a... the heck you guys are talking. <laughs> Know the authors who knows the authors what, of the, the berenstein bears it's like a, a stan and jan berenstein i know i read them all the time at the dentist and they sucked <laughs> and we'll see you next week <laughs>